Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Tennis Podcast. Well, today we'll talk about the WTA recap last week and handicap the week to come. Joining me as always from, I guess it's sunny, I don't know, Spread, what's the weather like today? How are things out on the West Coast? It's sunny, and according to the Almanac, I don't think we're going to get rain for like two months, so it's beautiful, but uh, a little worried about drought conditions again. Are you a big farmer's Almanac guy, Spread? You always uh, on the up and up? What's the rest of the year looking like for us? Uh, I don't know about Philadelphia, but I know for uh, for myself it's going to be dry, and then I should have a wet December and January, maybe a little bit in February, but overall it's going to be a light rain for us here out here in Northern California. And I have good news for anyone that's getting a little weary of just the me and spread dynamic. Jorge's back today. A long <laughs> couple weeks of work. How's the campaign going? Oh, man, it's uh, it's been great. I've got my step counter going on and, you know, losing some weight out there walking around. I think this week... Uh, this week alone, uh, I've walked, and it calculates in y'all's uh, thing, so this is easy for you to understand, 42 miles since Monday, since Sunday. I don't know if that's a lot. I think that's like 70-something like kilometers, lot. 70 kilometers or so, so. Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian listeners. It's our Thanksgiving this weekend. Oh, well, that's wonderful. You guys have it on the weekend? We like to go long weekend. We have it on Thursday. We have a long weekend. Most, most people leave work Friday early, and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're off. And then do you have the Farmer's Almanac up there in Toronto? <laughs> I think so. It's beautiful up here. This week has been like 15, 16 degrees Celsius with a little bit of breeze and the sun shining bright. So it's been somewhat warm, but not so hot that you can't walk around going door to door. So it's been absolutely picture perfect. Global warming, improving October days. <laughs> we love it. All right, let's jump quickly through the week that was. We'll start in Tianjin. We have a final um, tonight. Rebecca Peterson playing Heather Watson. An unbelievable week for Heather Watson. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to anybody that bet on her at any point this week. Um, Jorge, off the top of your head, was she a favorite in any of these matches? I think she was a pretty big dog for the most part. Uh, I don't think so. I actually played her against Lynette because Lynette's summer run on hard courts, as we've all witnessed, she's been doing really, really well, winning so many matches that she's now becoming huge favorites in these matches. And she she shouldn't be. Look at the quality of player she's beaten. So um, she was a huge favorite against Bondarenko, who hasn't played in years or like over a year, I don't think. That's right. Then she was definitely a favorite there. Plus 348, plus 255, plus 209 were the average prices that Tennis Explorer, they aggregate the bookies and average the price out. Those were the average prices for her last three matches. I was on the match against Lynette. Uh, super happy with that third set tiebreak win. Uh, Magda Lynette is just so overvalued. And we're going to, um, any match she plays uh, or tournament she plays in, you're going to, for the rest of the year, which is like maybe none. But even start of <laughs> next year on hard courts, you're going to see, um, I'm going to talk every week about her being overvalued because uh, she beat a, a bunch of random players, or not random, but like not high quality players um, during the summer. And now she's, you know, all of a sudden, 1.30, which I don't know what that is. What, minus 3,400? I don't know what that is in American mm-hmm. odds. Um, favorite now. And she should never be that against someone like Heather Watson. Um, I don't know what's more impressive, Heather Watson or Yelena Ostapenko in a final. I mean, what a turn of events. It's like 2016 or 2017 all over again. <laughs> well, relax just for a second, Spread. We're going to get to the final in Linz in just a minute. Any thoughts on this Peterson-Watson match? No, I mean, this whole tournament is kind of shows you the unpredictability at the end of the year. I mean, we had a, a what, Ons Jabur, Rebecca Peterson semifinal here. I mean, uh, you and I, I know when we previewed this, didn't see that coming at all. Uh, Kuda Matova, you know, we've been kind of high on her all year, so that wasn't a mm-hmm. surprise. But I'd say three out of the four are, are surprise semifinalists here. And, um, boy, I, 
I don't even really have a lean for the final. Do you guys? I think I like Peterson, but Watson's been playing such good tennis all week. Yeah. I think you got to stay out of the way. I th- and I think the that like we I I think if you look at Heather Watson's matches this week, you'd like Kyung Wong, you'd like Veronica Kudermatova, and they were both massive favorites that she upset. So. I wouldn't jump in front of that freight train right now. And you can't yeah. back her either because she's down to plus 165 or so. Like, she doesn't have that same, you know, exorbitant value that she had in the last matches. All right, Jorge, should we make spread weight or do you want to go first? Let him go. All right, we've got Linz. Spread, do you know who's in the final in Linz? Oh, my gosh, Coco Goff, American <laughs> sensation. No, That's it is one of the awesome 15-year-old. That- <laughs> and it's no it's been so wonderful and i figured out the key to ostapenko's success she needs a female coach for whatever reason she doesn't listen to men but uh, i've already sent a tweet to marianne bartoli asking her to coach penko for the rest of her career and uh hopefully she reads it and, and this continues so no response yet on that no she hasn't responded yet she must be real busy out there <laughs> she's doing television duties too so i don't blame her and right, on court but- coaching but yeah. let's be serious for a second, Spread. Is Penko going to take down the 15-year-old American here, or is this going to be uh, Coco Goss' first WTA title, I assume? I think Ostapenko's going to do it. I, th- I, just, I really do. I think that when she's redlining, she's top 10 player, and she seems to be redlining right now for whatever reason. Uh, she's listening to Bartoli, and that seems to be affected, you know, affecting her in positive ways. And... You know, even though she hit a, a second served into the fence against Alize Cornet, she seems to have to got a little <laughs> bit of a second serve back. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think she's going to feel the pressure a little less than Coco Goff. What would you guys say about that? Well, I think the more interesting question, Jorge, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in every single Ostopenko match this week, we've had at least one breadstick. Will there be a breadstick <laughs> in the final? Uh, I can, I could, I would told, I would not be surprised. Um, Either way, because Goff has that power game that if she starts, you know, she gets a, a quick two love and Ostapenko's making a bunch of errors and, you know, gets inside her own head, which she is, you know, one that, that will, will do that fairly often. Um, I would not be surprised if Goff ran away with the first set, uh, if it's a slow start for Penko. Now, her match against Cornet, she was on the way to a breadstick, but that was a 4-1 breadstick before Cornet retired. But I will give you. I'll, I'll give it to you because there, there's a one in every, in a, in the column for every match somewhere. I guess at this point, when I think about this final, what I'm going to be excited to watch and, and try to see is how does Coco Goff handle the behavior of Ostapenko, someone who is mm-hmm. so emotional, someone who is so emotive when she's out there on the court. And Coco Goff, you know, she celebrates a little bit, but I think of her as more of someone who keeps her emotions a little more inward. So I'm curious to see how she reacts for the first time against such a. Um, Oh, I don't know, Spread. What's a nice way to say it? Reactive player? Yeah, she's a very expressive player. And it would be interesting how Coco handles her first final. Um, I think it's honestly, it's completely up in the air. I mean, she might not even, you know, we might have pressure for her. She might not even have pressure at all. I mean, even if she loses, I mean, does it, does it really matter that much? I mean, she's still going to be the hottest American prospect going into to the year 2020. Um so, I mean, maybe she comes in with no pressure at all or, you know, or maybe she feels it, you know. So I think from that point, it'll be very fun and instructive for us to to watch and really see how she handles the pressure. But I'll tell you what, she seems to have handled the pressure uh, so far in, in the previous her Grand Slam runs. When she lost, I just felt like the other player beat her. I didn't really feel like her game regressed due to her feeling nerves of some sort. 
All right, gentlemen, any other thoughts on last week and the finals here before we jump into yeah. the last week of, of tournament play? Yeah, you forgot the biggest question of them all, and uh, you retweeted it from our podcast account. Oh. Is it Goff Stepenko or Ostapenkoko? <laughs> I went with Coco Penko. I couldn't uh, decide if it was Coco Penko or Coca Penko, but something mm. like that. I say Goff Stepenko. Yeah, I like Goff there's Stepenko some, better, too. There's something huh? some about that. That just yeah. rolls off the tongue beautifully. Yeah, it does. Eh? Well, what are the chances we even get this again? I mean, it's. I hope. I hope we get another, get to see this well, another time. But well, let's just get Ostapenko to another final before we ponder. You know who our opponent's going to be. That could be long enough on its own. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the week that is. And just a quick reminder: this, in fact, is the last week of events before we get into the WTA Elite Tournament and the WTA Finals. So just a quick update, I think, of, on what those scores look like. Ashley Barty, Carolina Pliskova, Naomi Osaka, Simona Halep, Bianca Andreescu, and Petra Kvitova have all locked in their spots into the finals. Um, Alina Svitolina looks like she's in good shape. She's got just about 4,000 points. Serena Williams is an eighth, but she takes that off every single year. So the eighth person right now would be Kiki Burton. She's at about 38, Ugh. almost 3,900 points. And Belinda Bencic at 3,700. Go, so. Belinda! I don't know if Belinda is, hopefully Belinda's playing this week, but that'll be an interesting thing to see there if Belinda can, you know, maybe take advantage of one of these events and uh, jump in front of Kiki Burton's. The next group here for the Elite, again, it'll be Benchinger, Burton's, and then probably Conta, Cannon, Keys, Sabalenka, Mardich, Vondrusova, uh, Kerber. I wonder if Vondrusova's even healthy enough. Elise Mertens, no. Allison Risk. And I think that's it. It's either Allison Risk or Donna Vekic are probably the last couple names there. So um, that elite tournament's going to be fun. It, it is. always is be because really because the depth of the WTA, the elite tournament has names that are almost as big as the the, the year end finals. It's just the money's not there. Right. Benchich and Bertens, same half of the Kremlin Cup, both with a bye to the second round. So that could get interesting. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into, we'll start there actually with the Kremlin Cup in Moscow. This is a premier tournament, not a premier five or a premier mandatory because the WTA is weird. That it's means just it's a 480 premier. points, right? 70, yeah. Daria, the Russian wall cast at Kina, beat Owens Jabor last year. And it was a pretty memorable Jeez. final. That was a great match right until Jabor either got hurt or cramps or whatever was going on. Uh, Gorgis beat Kasatkina the year before. Kuznetsova won back-to-back -back years in 2015 over Pavlyuchenkova and Gavrilova in 2016. And then Pavlyuchenkova won in 2014 over Begu. Um, starting to look at this draw. You know, we've only got 32 players here, so we'll go top and bottom half. And since Svitolina is the one seed, we'll start with you here, Jorge. We've got Svitolina, we've got Jabor, we've got Kudermatova, Tom Uljanovic, Pavel Yuchenkova, Zachary Vekic, Kuznetsova, Mahova, and or Machova, Potapova, Kalinskaya, Alexandrova, Yastremska, Kasatkina, the defending champion. Uh, I see Belinda Benjic on here, Siniakova, yeah. a lot of fun names. Yep. I think I actually went into the bottom half. But anyway, yeah. it stops at Alexandrova. Sorry. <laughs> what do you think of that first group there of players? Who do you think comes out? And uh, any value from an outright perspective? No, and I'm going to go ahead and I'll just I'll uh, make it nice and quick for our listeners on this tournament. I don't have any much outright value at all in this tournament on the whole. I'd love to oppose Svitolina. That sounds really weird to say. Um, she does love her premieres, and I think she's very capable of winning this. I just think that as the favorite, it would be nice – if I could find a name that I liked enough to oppose her with, I think the best route would be to use that second quarter. Take your outrights from the second quarter. The bottom half, Yastremska, uh, Bencic, uh, Bertens, you know, they could all make a run. As we've, as we've alluded to, Bencic and Bertens have a lot of incentive to make said run. Um, and 
Like, what's the what was the point difference there? You see, you uh, do you still have that up, Noobs? Yeah, let me just flip through from Benjage and Burton's. It was right around a hundred or so points. Let me just scroll down. So Benjage would need Burton's, a... uh, about a hundred and sixty five points. Oh wow! Okay, difference. so ben, and... I think Benjage would need to advance pretty far. And the difference between the finalist and winner is 165. So Benchich would have to, basically, if they met in the semis, Benchich would have to uh, win the match head-to-head, obviously. Um, but even still, that would only get her 120. She'd have to win the tournament if Bairton's going to make the semis. So the, there's still motivation there for both of them um, to lock up that spot. Uh, then you've got Yastremska, who could really put a spoiler um, kind of alert or, or throw a wrench into Benchich's plans, I think, this week. Uh, with that big, powerful game on indoor hard courts. So, uh, you know, I, I w- if I was looking at an out right here, I'd look at something like Vekic, Alexandrova um, would be the two names I would look at. I don't think I'm going to lay any money there. I've got a full disclosure. I've got a ton of money that I'm going to have down first round between men's and women's tennis this week. There are some insane prices out there. Um, but I do think Alexandrova at 20 to 1, where Maria Suckery is also 20 to 1, despite the fact that, Sakari is in Svitolina's quarter is a little bit off to me. Uh, I think Alexandrova has a much nicer draw uh, to get to the semis, and if if Svitolina is upset somewhere on the long, long, along the line, she'd be actually my favorite to make the final. And she's at twenty to one, so I would not begrudge anyone for uh, laying a little bit of money on it. Katarina Alexandrova, who I know is one of your you know favorite dark horse kind of players. Now, the only name that I thought you would mention, no love for Kudermatova there, at 28 to 1? No, too early to play Svitolina. And I don't I don't know how she deals with Jabor can hit, Jabor can, loves to mix it up. And I wonder how Kudermatova um, handles her kind of slice and dicing. Now, I believe they've played this year, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm not on that gonna match. head to head. Yeah, there you go. That is about to talk about head to head. There you go. I chirped Rostapenko. He uses head to head. This is how we. This is how we get at each other. <laughs> Alexandrova is an interesting they, pick. I'm a little worried they, about her injury. I think she tweaked her back oh, this week, but she looked hot today. So we'll see how she looks. Um, you know, we'll see how she looks. I would think I'm going to wait a little bit on that. Yeah, Kudermatova handled Jabour and Denbosch three and four, so she's seen it before. Uh, but then Svitolina second round. That's t- that's really tough. Um, it's tough to hit through Alina. Unless you're like a massive, like Serena Williams kind of uh, hitter, so uh, I'm not going to touch Kudermatova in this uh, in this drive. I would lean towards an Alexandrova, maybe a Vekic uh, kind of play, um, but Vekic is the second favorite at Unibet because really? that bottom, yeah, the bottom half is so loaded. She's twelve, 12 to one, one, yeah, twelve to one at three six five, yep, yeah, and that's what she's I'm too. she's only six to one at Unibet, um, and I, I would say it should be somewhere in the middle there. You might find a bit of value on that at bet three six five. Probably should be around eight to one, nine to one. Um, she is in the much weaker half, uh, and you know she wouldn't see Svitolina till the semis uh, should the favorites win through. So, yeah, I, I, I think Vekic and Alexandrova would be my two looks. What do you think about this top half spread? Well, real quick, Jorge, do you remember how fast Moscow plays off the top of your head? I, I remember it being slow, but I'm wondering if I'm just being biased because Kasatkina won. Yeah, relative to hardcore. Speak, speaking of Kasatkina, big. Uh, 470 points coming off this week. That's a uh, wow. It's a, she found her, for her. Luckily, she made those quarters in Beijing. She really needed that. Yeah. Um, she needed she's that actually one. starting to play pretty well because you know she's her, her service always going to be a problem. But you know the key to her game is really to be consistent on the ground strokes and almost you know become the wall. You know because that's mm-hmm. going to be the way that she wins. She doesn't. She can't really dial up a lot of power. She can really only redirect. Um, but I'm if concerned. she can refine that consistency, she can 
beat players because the the rest of the tour is so inconsistent. The, the, I think she has a big problem first round though here yeah. uh, with Yastremska just because uh, Diana is going to be someone who's going to pounce on that serve and it's, she's not going to let Kasakina get set into rallies and become the wall. She gets a second serve, she'll stand a foot inside the baseline and hammer away at it. She won't mind if she hits a few wide and a few into net as long as she gets some free winners and free points off that Kasakina second serve. Uh, I think she could really, really give Kazdaria uh, some problems here. Dasha. Yeah, and y- Yastrzemska is a player that um, if she was struggling, that Kasakina would really cause her problems, you know, if she wasn't really in good mm-hmm. form because she is, a, you know, a streaky Erotic. player. And, yeah. Yeah. But right now, the way she's been play- playing recently, I think that this current form is going to give her some problems. But, um, you know, it seems like Kasakina is going to get blown off the court, like especially in her last matches. And if she can refine some of that consistency, she could trouble anyone. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm not actually necessarily looking at her here as an outright. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can. But anything here, again, spread on on the first half before we jump down to the know, bottom. Was... <laughs> I brought, I brought nothing up on Spitz, Nothing on Tommel. I know you like Tommel. I don't know. She hasn't been playing some great tennis. Yeah. But let me see no. what her number is, 33-1. to 1. Um, you know, Mahova is interesting. I'm going to have to look at her and see what she's been doing lately. But um, it's a tough first match for, for a while. Yeah, it's a tough first match, 14-1. to 1. Don't love that number. All right, so it sounds like we're done here with the first half. So I'll make you go first mm-hmm. then. Spread. Bottom half, we've got Yastremska, Kasakini, you just talked about, Siniakova, Bencic, Sevastova, Sasnovich, uh, Putin Seva down in here, as well as Kiki Burtons. What do you think of this bottom half? Who comes out? And uh, anything from an outright perspective you like? I don't really like the outrights too much. I know that we're on the pod and we're to pick them. And the Yastremska at 12 to 1, you know, with me saying earlier that I was kind of impressed by a recent form. Don't know if it's necessarily a bad look, but the my, the reason that I'm, I'm hesitating to bet it is if either Benchic or Burton's is in good form. I, I see her struggling mm-hmm. to get past both of those players, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a less than like you know 50% chance that that both of them will be playing poorly. So I just can't see Yastrzemska winning it. But then on the flip side, if you want to take them, uh, eight to one and six to one aren't very attractive to me either. Um, especially with the with Svitolina and you know her her recent form and basically her ability to beat either of those players if she's playing her best and looming over them. So I'm really struggling to find some value in this in these outrights here today. Yeah, I agree. I think you look at this bottom half and there's three names that really stick out again: Yastremska, Burtons, and um, Benchich. You know, Sebastova yeah. is the other kind of the bigger name there. I, I don't think that we can trust her at this point. But as you go through those three names, Burton's hasn't played well. You can probably throw that out. But even then, you got Benchich at eight to one, Yastrzemska at twelve to one. Those numbers look just about right. So I think you're right from a value perspective. This is a very very tough half to pull anything out of. Um, right. Or- so let's go back to defending champ real quick. So Kasatkin at twenty five to one, I don't think is value. But I was just wondering from you guys, like, what number would you play her at? Like, obviously at fifty to one, you would play her. So, like, what would be your cutoff? I don't cutoff? think I would. Even at 50-1? to 1? I'd think about it for a second. But, again, she's got to play a Stremska in the first round. That's going to be tough. You know, the next match shouldn't be too bad. I'll have to look and see who comes out of the qualifier spot there. Then it's Benchich and then, you know, probably Kiki Burtons or whoever. And then whoever comes out of the top half. I don't... I don't I str- know. I, str- I struggle to, to find a lot of the, scenarios. The 2% eye probability, right? That's two times yeah. out of 100 she has to do it. I think at 50-1 Did- to 1, I would take it. Did I hear Noobs just completely disrespect and overlook my girl Natalia Vicklian Seva? Yes. Yeah. I did, he too, did. Wow. So, uh, we're both. Yeah, guilty. he did. 
Not just trying serving to doors, you. noopsie. She's not serving to doors, noopsie. That's all I'm doing. Uh, just trying to push want, your buttons. Also, Yastrzemska v. Uh, Victor Gatsby will be one fun match to watch for me. The forehands it serves, you'd see being ripped in that match. My goodness. There's definitely some fun matches here. I think even the Sevastov Sasnovich match could be a lot of fun. I think there's a chance that both of them cry at multiple points. <laughs> there's, there's a chance that both of them hit some absolutely unbelievable shots at both points. Yeah. It could be a, a two-set over. It could be a three-set under. Yeah. It, it's, anything's possible in that match. So Sass- there are some fun matches here. but Didn't Sasnovich just come very, very close to playing a three-set under with Andreescu? 6-2-2-6-6-1 Andreescu? Yeah, I think it went over by literally one game or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, uh, one another breadsticker bagel, and she, uh, and it was it was a three set under there. All right, so I think we're from an outright perspective here. I don't think any of us kind of ponied up Jorge. I, I know you threw a couple names out there. Are we actually going to be wagering on anybody? No, if anything, uh, I was thinking Alexandrova, and you kind of mentioned she might have had a tweak in her back. So I'm going to pass on Moscow and and uh, check in on Luxembourg, see what we can get, uh, see what we can get there. I'm going to end up putting just a little bit on Kudermatova, 28 to one. Um, I'm going to go back and watch the Watson match and try to see what the heck happened there. Um, but I'm not too worried about Jabor there. I wonder how motivated Svitolina is going to be looking towards the finals and, and everything like that. And I think, you know, again, unless Svitolina is really focused in trying to win this event, that's a good chance. That just, things really open up for her if she can get past there. So um, I'll end up with a little bit on Kudermatova. Anything for you, Spread? Uh, no, I'm going to stay away from this altogether. But if any listener out there finds... Uh... Kasakina at 50 to 1. That's my look that I want. <laughs> All right, we'll jump into the event in Luxembourg. Julia Gorgas won last year over Belinda Bencic. Uh, Karina Withoff the year before over Monica Puig. Nicolescu over Kvitova, which must have been one of the strangest matches ever to watch. Um, Masaki Doi beat Mona Barthel. So not too many big names here, but let's take a look at the field. Um, top half here, we've got Elise Mertens, Kozlova, Kat McNally playing again. Ostapenko off uh, what could be a finals victory. Camilla Georgi, Pekovic, uh, Van Utvank. Gasparian's one of our favorite players, uh, and Anna Blinkova here rounds off the top half. Corey Goff as well, better known as Coco Goff. Spread, what do you think of the top half here? Let me pull it up. I'm on my laptop. I'm going to quick on this. Start with Jorge, please. I'm, I'm <laughs> slow now, switching from draw to draw. Always so prepared, every single week. All right, Jorge, what do you think <laughs> of the top half while Spread pulls everything up here? It's, it's, it's kind of tough. There's a handful of names here that are going to be hard to trust you- off long weeks. You know who I love and why it hurts so much that, you know, uh, there's going to be no value on it. I'm a big Elise Mertens fan. Um, I think that she's just inc- uh, she's an incredible player all around. I think she's an all-surface player. And I do I do like uh, her chances here. Ostapenko off a long week, even in form. Uh, Georgie's too streaky and Mertens is way too solid from the baseline. Um I golf off a long week. I'll be looking for that price. I so hope the market overreacts and gets me a good price on Blinkova. That could be a huge bet. Um, there's a lot of big bets out there this week. It's crazy for me. Like I cannot believe some of the pricing on across the spectrum from challenger men to pro to, to women's tennis. But um, if anything, I, I, I might look at Allison Van Utvank. Um, for some reason, she's 20 to one. She's on indoors at an international event. Uh, she's in the other quarter in the same half as Mertens. Teichman or Gaspari uh, don't scare me at all. Shelby Rogers, Tatiana Maria, Tired Corey Goff, Coco. Sorry, I'm reading right off the draw here. And um, and Blinkova. Blinkova might scare me a little bit, 
But at 20 to 1, your obstacles to the final are Blinkova and Mertens. I don't, I, I have no problem um, throwing down like a quarter unit on that. I do think that both of those are going to be tough for her. Um, so I will, I will keep it to a quarter unit, but a quarter unit at 20 to 1, I mean, that's, that's, that's still big value. I love that number of 20 to 1. You, you broke that down perfectly. She has a great draw and a real nice chance to kind of walk into the semifinals here. Um, Spread, did you did you get everything pulled up? Do you, do you have yeah, all I finally did. You know, I'm pr- Are I'm you lot, ready I'm to go? Lot, I'm a lot slower on this laptop. <laughs> so, But it won't cut out like it did on us two weeks ago. So that's Well, the that's advantage. good. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, the numbers I'm looking at, are tough. I mean, I really think this is a, a great field um, for Mertens. Um, Georgie is always an attractive name, but I, you know, she hasn't been playing a lot lately, so I think that price is way too short. And I don't, know, I don't really feel comfortable picking a really good long shot here. Uh, You're not yeah, gonna back I, Panko this week? No, I. <laughs> I don't even know if Bartoli's traveling with her next week. I, I think this might only be like a one-week deal, but uh, obviously the fatigue will be an issue, and, and I think that she'll be, uh, even if she's not physically fatigued, she'll be uh, emotionally fatigued one way or the other. So not expecting a lot here. You know, a funny thing about that is she could have received, I think, uh, a wild card into Moscow for the Mo points, but she chose to stay here. So I don't know. That's if that smart to me. You yeah, think from so? a travel perspective, I, for sure. Abso- well, one and and two, I think it's right now. Yelena Ostapenko is not a premier level player, and I think if she right. can win a tournament this week, and she's got a very good chance, um, if she can win a tournament this week and then head over to Luxembourg, where uh, you know the draw is not the best for her, but if you're gonna go fatigued somewhere off a long week of tennis, go to the other international event and and try and pick up you know two to three more wins before the fatigue catches up to you. Sadly, she got like right in Elise Merton's little uh, quadrant there. Like that's yeah. a second round match as hell. But um, if she had been, let's say uh, in Georgie's spot, you flip, uh, sorry, in Pekovic's spot, you flip Pekovic and, and, um, and her, I think she can beat Georgie. I think she can easily beat Scorpatch, which she already did this week. And then, yeah. you know, losing to Merton's, I think, you know, that that's a nice winning streak and momentum builder. And I don't think she'd get that in, in the premier event. Noops ran down all the names that were playing there. I think she would have lost to, you know, the Miladenoviches, the Sinyakovas, every single seed there. Um, I think this is probably the right move for her. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think picking up wins and kind of getting back on the mental track is more important for her right now than the actual points. Yeah, and the mon- and money as well. She's a Grand Slam winner. She's huge in Latvia. She- I'm sure she has endorsements. Yeah. Like, the money is not a thing. I think she wants to be start climbing the rankings again. The best way is to pick up wins and, and uh, get some momentum going. Yeah, I definitely want to finish the year strong. All right, let's jump into the bottom half. Kuzmova's down here. Rybakina, Faro, Puig, Pliskova, the Lesser, Balsova, um, Kirstea, Julia Gorgas. So, you know, not a ton of big names, but a lot of names that I know that we've talked on, about and, and bet on a lot this year. So, you know, spread. We'll, we'll go back to you since I know you've got everything pulled up already, and I don't want you yeah, to take any too time to get lost. What do you got on the bottom half here? Who do you think comes out? Of the bottom half, do you like anything from an outright perspective? Uh, I think that Rybakina is definitely worth a look here. Um, <laughs> she's been playing well, and I think that this uh, I think that this half is actually easier, so I think it's more attractive from an outright perspective. 
and uh, Rabbit Kina at 21 to 1 is a fantastic look. Um, I think Gorgas, of course, has a great chance to win it, um, as I think that the the surface plays well to to her skill set. But at seven and a half to one, I don't think there's a lot of value there. Um, and I, you know, we love Vicky Kuzmova, but I I don't see her being able to put together the five wins that it would take to win this tournament um, to justify backing her in outright position here. Um, I think Fiona Farrow will be fun to watch just to see how well she's adapting to hard courts, but definitely not interested in backing her either. So not I think, outright, no. Yeah, I think Rabakina is the uh, is the best value that we're getting presented here, and I think that uh, you know there's some good things for us to watch for next year, like uh, how well Farrow does on hard courts. Jorge, I, th- I think you're on board here with this Rabakina pick, aren't you? Oh, I'm huge on this Rabakina pick. Um, uh, Elena Rubikina is, uh, uh, I mean, she's the best player in this half outside of Julia Gerges, um, period. Uh, she had a nice, she had some nice wins this week that freed some match that I bet on her, uh, with a, a larger sized bet. And I was pretty nervous after she blew a set and a break. And I was like, oh gosh, don't do this to me. You know, teenage, teenage girls loving to blow those kinds of leads. But, um, she didn't, she held on and it cashed in the end in three sets. Uh, she really impresses me. I love her serve forehand. I love, love the way she can she plays and moves people side to side with using her power. She doesn't have to take too much off of her her ground strokes. I am a huge Rubikina fan. Um, she's like she's vaulting up, I think, to number two for me behind Alina Svitolina. She's past Yulia Putinseva. Um, I I love watching her play the game. She's incredible. And 20 to 1 is a hell yes price for me. That is a full unit 20 to 1 uh, wager for me. Alertova Manella neither scares me in the least. Siegmund qualifier. Uh, Volinitz is uh, a very young American wild card here who is under 500 on outdoor hards. Um, so I, I'm not really Do you like too her concerned. potential? I, I'm not, uh, I haven't, like I haven't seen tournament. much of her. Okay. I haven't seen much of her. Um, I, and then. I, I kind of think that she could be pretty good, but I don't know. It's so tough to tell. Um, she's she's uh, from what I've read, she's got a, a ton of talent. I, I probably watched that match with Kuzmova because one, I want to see how Kuzmova looks, and yeah. two, I want to see how how this uh, how Katie plays. Um, but Kuzmova has actually won two matches in each of her last two tournaments after she hadn't won in a long, long time. Uh, she can win two matches here for all I care, and then you know bow out. She hasn't strung together three wins. Um, has she done it all year? Has she? Uh, I'm trying to look through my explorer here as I bring this up. Uh, she hasn't won three matches at a single tournament since Dubai uh, in February, where she beat Para, Bertens, and Kennan, which is really impressive string of wins. Don't get me wrong, but that was uh, eight months ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not confident in Kuzmova on an outright uh, front, and I think that Rubikina should be able to almost walk into the semis, especially if Kuzmova goes out before they meet in the quarters. Uh, and then in the bottom half, it's just Gerges in the way. I like Farrow. I think she's underrated and underpriced, along with her countrywoman, Chloe Paquette, on hard courts. Um, but then, you know, Bolsova, Zadoina, Christina Pliskova don't scare me. Parmenti doesn't scare me. Doi doesn't scare me. Uh, Kirst- I'm hoping Kirstea redlines against Gerges and takes her out. Uh, because the more Serana Kirstea matches I get to watch, the better. Just because <laughs> I love I love Serana. She's so hot. <laughs> All right, so we like Rybakina down there in the bottom at twenty to one. We like Van Utvank at twenty to one at the top. Did I miss anyone? 
don't think so. Okay, so we've had some surprises this week. Out of everyone here, who do you think could surprise and redline this next week that we could be talking next week on the pod? Oh. Like, I can't believe she's in the final. Oh, Lincoln. man, where do, you, where do you start? You've got Ostapenko, who does that. You've got Georgie, who could very well do that. You've got yeah, Blankova. Name. Yep, Blankova is um, the other name. On indoor hards, you've got Rybikina. Although, we're sorry, that doesn't count because we're looking at people we don't expect as much yeah. of. Um, I think Kirstea. I think Kirstea really could make a semifinal run here, uh, considering her quarter and the fact that if she can redline and play really well against Gerges and beat her, I think she's the second best player in that draw. Monica Puig too. Look at all these mercurial that was the players. Name. That was the name that I wanted to say. So then she was the one. The that winner of that match, me. yeah, the winner of Pharaoh Puig could definitely make a run. Yeah, she is there? To me, as a you know, WTF is she in the final candidate? Is Monica Puig because yeah. she's another one that she could redline when when three matches have a nice matchup in the semifinal, and then we're sitting here next week going, I can't believe she's in the final. So have uh, you... I'm not backing her from an outright perspective, but I think that the Pharaoh Puig match is a fun tape study. Um, you know, because the end of the year is always hard because a lot of them come back from the six week vacation. You know, completely different players, but uh, just. Intrigue-wise, you know, popcorn, and also looking into next year, Farrell Puig, I really want to see how both these ladies perform on this hard court here. So, you know how there's that Spider-Man meme where they're like the GIF where they point at each, other? each other? Yeah. Yeah. Is there one with three Spider-Men? Because then, yeah, like, they've, they've Aust- a third one in. <laughs> Good. That's Ostapenko, Georgie, and Puig. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think Puig can dial it up like Georgie and Penko. Oh, she hammers the ball. You think that she can get as high probably, as Puig and no, Penko and Penko and Georgie are getting close to like Madison Keys. I think Madison Keys hits the hardest if we're just going like miles per hour. Yeah. Like if we're gonna use a speed gun, I would say Madison Keys has the hardest. And then Sabalenka and then Penko and Georgie would be in the tier right below. But like uh, stylistically, Puig has that same do or die, all or nothing yeah. approach to every shot. Like even Sabalenka and Keys will make adjustments or try and you know think think through points these three just freaking bash and they are just that's what they're gonna do it they're either they're gonna live by it or they're gonna die by it Fleek probably might seem a little slower because i think she puts a little more topspin on her shot than than gorgie or ostapenko but yeah I, I see i i see what you're saying but that you know what those type of players are the ones that have the red line potential to just give mm-hmm. you that wtf weeks all right, we don't have any lines for first-round matches in Luxembourg, but the good news is I blew right past the first-round matches in Moscow, so mm-hmm. let's circle back and run through those. <laughs> oh, great. Now i got to go back. All right, so i got yeah, the, the odds here up draw. on so odds. We're starting with Jorge. All right, so we got Herzog plus 133 against Kova 161. Ooh, Always dangerous anytime Kova is a favorite. This is a great spot for an over. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but if you got there a, you go. If you got a 21... Or an over two and a half set number. Take a look. Take a look at that. If you get over two and a half sets at like plus one sixty ish or better, that's a great number. Over twenty one games. That'll be a bet for me. Spread any thoughts on Siniakova as a favorite over Herzog. I know Siniakova and Ostapenko. You don't ever play them as favorites, right? Uh, I do favor her here, and Herzog is deceptively even better on hard courts. I actually didn't rate her that high, and I've had to readjust myself i think i watched two or three of her poor performances and that uh negatively skewed my view of her so i'm staying away um but i think siniakova can get this match well i mean you've got to remember too that uh herzog's serve um will will always help her and lend well to a hard court she just doesn't have a whole lot uh else after that 
um, yeah. that that she can really get into points. So, so who serves you like better push. in this match? Herzog. Like if you were to choose a Herzog. Serve. Are you more than Siniakova? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Jabor I think Siniakova has a secret, a sneaky good serve. It's fine, but it's not as good as Herzog's. Okay. Jabor plus 106, Kudamertova minus 128. Kind of looks like a cheap price on Kudamertova. What do you think, Jorge? I think that's lined perfectly. Really? Yeah, I was hoping for like plus 120 on Jabor. Um, plus 106-ish on the average on odds portal, all the bookies average. I think that's about right. Um, I'm going to jump in here because I have a ton of matches I've been looking at. Um, the highest price from any of my books is plus 108 at you no plus 110 at bet 365 i'm still about 10 cents away from play there so i'm gonna pass spread what do you think i like, i think that's kind of short on kuder Matova. jabour really had a, a disappointing um setback in her loss at the end of the tournament in it was in Linz, right yep and uh so after seeing that i think that mentally that's gonna be hard for her to recover from and just off the situational spot, I'll take uh, the Kudamatova yeah. at the short favorite price. And you know what? This is a semi-fatigue fade because it was a, a not. She made the semis and it was a three-setter. By yeah. the way, I had Jabour plus one fifty-three. Yeah. Like Pinnacle got up to plus one fifty-three. I I was like, gotta take that. I, you see six love, and you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. This is nice. Uh, that's taken the most the dangerous score in the in the WTA. Come on, Jorge. Should have taken people, the, you should know the spread. If I had the spread, <laughs> I mean, I would have yeah. got another couple games on that. Yeah. I would have been might've, cruising. Been nice. All right. Um, Kuznetsova plus 104 against Mahova and or Muchova minus 127. That looks just about right to me. Eileen, uh-huh. uh, the, the small favorite there. Um, sounds like, Jorge, you like this price. You think that's about right. Spread, do you have any thoughts? So if this wasn't in Moscow, I think that I would like Mahova here, but I'm not going to uh-huh. bet against Kuznetsova at home. And if money came in, I'm all, you know how like Jorge was with Jupor. If money came in on, on Kuznetsova and she gets up to plus 120 or higher, I think that I would play Kuznetsova. Yeah, that was well summed up, actually. I like that. <laughs> Mladenovic, uh, minus 112 against Putinseva, minus 108. That's probably just about right. This is another good over spot. Actually, the Mahova-Kuznetsova match is probably a good over spot as well. But um, no idea So I missed Mladenovic last week. How did she play? Let me go through her list of matches. I, you know, nothing too memorable. I think that she played okay tennis, not great tennis. Um, let me see what her week looked like last week. She handed out uh, she was, a couple I of I thought she sticks. was going to be able to play Penko, and then she lost. Beat Siniakova 6-1-7-5, um, then came back down a set against Donna Vekic, which is impressive, then got blown away by Alexandrova. So, um, not nah, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything good or Does really that... bad to say about that. Did anyone, um, did you guys see that match against Vekic? Because, like, with the, just with the schedule I have, like, Linz was, was tough to uh, watch, and tape study is, uh, is a lot of, like, uh, fast-forwarding through <laughs> a lot of changeovers and whatnot. Was Vekic hurt? Because doesn't that look like an almost injury scoreline? 3-6-6-1-6-2. It almost feels like Vekic just either completely lost the plot or might have tweaked something, and then that's how Mladenovic came through, um... That's an odd score line, but I mean we're used to those in the WTA. And then yeah, getting walloped by Alexandrova. Indoor hard courts, I mean those are two players that, that can be very similar too, so I don't hate that. But I, I definitely think this is a tough another like like you said, Noops, another tough match to pick uh, a side as opposed to a total. 
Well, the bookmakers have said so as well by pretty much putting it as an yep. even match. So, um, unless you've you know been watching more, because I'll be honest, I was kind of uh, you know being a super fan and just kind of basing my viewing schedule around Ostapenko because I was so excited to still have her in a tournament uh, that wasn't in the doubles bracket. Uh, I was kind of basing all my viewing around that, and I didn't maybe make as good an effort to you know usually because. Ostapenko's not in it and Kasekina's not in it. I just choose whichever match that I think, you know, has the most ramifications for, for me learning or the most interest as a fan. And, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of ended up just watching Penko matches all week and not watching uh, a variety of the field like I usually do. All right, Pavi Luchenkova, minus 204 against Zachary, plus 167. Zachary hasn't played tennis in forever. She ended up yeah. withdrawing before the tournament started last week. Um, probably why we see Pavs as, as such a big favorite. And Sp- yeah, home court. Yeah. Well, it didn't start that way. Um, it started at plus 118, Zachary, oh minus gosh. 135, Pavs. Uh, and it's moved to minus 200, plus 172, probably because of that withdrawal Absolutely last week. Absolutely hammered. I am... I am so close to saying I don't care. I'm I'm taking a stab at Suckery here if she's going to play the match. And if she still is hurt, I'll hope that she goes down like four love, withdraws in the first set, and it voids. Um, I, plus one, it was plus 175 for a bit. It's back down to plus 172 at Pinnacle. Uh, Bet Hard has plus 175 for Canadians. They also have, again, an extremely 97.5% payout here. It's incredible. Um, yeah, plus 175. I... I I can't get away from that. Pavs have been playing well, um, but I can't. I can't say no to that price with with Suckery's game and her ability to to neutralize bigger hitters. She's done very well against some of them this year. When a line moves that much, do you do you think that it's just off speculation since she withdrew, yes. or do you think that somebody actually knows something? Uh, I would I would assume it's you know based on it's the information we have. Because that's a lot of money. I can't see that much money coming in on. Pavlyuchenkova just wow. Well, Sukri uh, pulled out last week, right? As Noop said. Yeah, so it's, but I mean, that's a fifty cent move. Um, on Sukri, it's fifty four cents. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just wild. I mean, it it was no, sorry. At one point, it was at Pinnacle. It was up to fifty seven cents. Bet Hard yeah. started. Uh, Bet Hard's moved forty five cents. They opened her plus one thirty. I mean, I don't know. That just seems like a lot of money to pour in on on speculation. I'm, I, I, I am okay with taking the other side of these things. I don't get scared by public money. Uh, the public doesn't beat the books in, in the long run, so I'm, I'm not against. Um, and if, if once in a while there is a fixed match that everyone's, you know, the boogeyman fixed match. I don't, I don't think this it happen. would be a fix. I think it would be maybe someone saw her and that she wasn't looking too healthy in her practice rounds or, or something like that. And just domino you know. effect after that? Yeah. I just don't understand the lodge, like... People who got in, let's say at, uh, you know, paths from 1.74 down to 1.69 down to 1.58. At that point, yeah. aren't you like, okay, I've already lost 16 cents. How much more value can there be in a maturing yeah. market? And then decide when it's at 1.5, you know, someone bets it down to 149. Why? Yeah. Why would you take the number at, at 1.5 at minus 200 uh, and pay 24 cents like on the dollar? It's just pass at that point. Yeah, that's what threw off red flags for me. Because, you know, originally this line, you know, just jumped out as the most mistaken line. Like you said, even with the withdrawal last week, um, you know, if she's still hurt, there's also a chance that she withdraws again. And then you push and, you know, you haven't even, you know, lost 
you know, if she is still hurt, you know, there's a chance that you don't even lose the bet because she doesn't play the match. So, but it just, that to move that much just really, I think I'll tune into this one and see how she looks physically. Um, cause I'm really curious to just see what made the line move so much. Potapova minus one twenty two against Colin Skaya plus one oh two. Um maybe a cheap price on Potapova. I don't know. What do you think, Jorge? Uh I lean Colin Skaya there. Mm. Uh there's too many other bets I like. Uh there's definitely for me, there's no value on Potapova here. Uh I opened that tab. I like to go to odds portal, open the tabs, and then go to my book and place the bets, make sure the price is still what it says, because I think it takes a minute. Uh, I don't know if it's like how live that the price movements are. They're pretty good though. Um, but that's my strategy. I've got like 18 tabs open right now for tennis matches. This was one of the original ones, and I said, you know what, plus 106. If it, if it gets to plus 120, 125, uh, I'll take Kalinskaya, but um, this is, I, I think there's the, a minimal amount of value on, on Anna here. Uh, none on, on Anastasia, but uh, I don't know if it's enough to you know, overcome the, what you need to, to, beat, to beat the VIG here. I don't think you, you see enough value to make a play. I mean, so Jorge, matchup wise here, Kalinskaya, like how do you how do you see her path to victory? For me, I'm I'm just thinking it's just a, a poorly played match by Potapova. If Potapova plays her best, why? Why is do that? Think, do you think she can match her? I just I love uh, Potapova's ground strokes. I just see if they get into extended rallies, I would expect Potapova to win more of them. I uh, I mean I think a lot of these these young Russians just love to pound the ball. Yeah, um, Mamie and I right. love to watch that, and, so that's why it stands out. To yeah. Me. Potapova, Kalinskaya, uh, Vikalyantseva, I'm sure, you know, uh, Blinkova. These these girls can all hit the ball. I'm not too worried about her getting uh, hit off the court. Potapova is about a 500-player outdoors this year. Uh, she's 3-1 on indoors. All of those coming in Budapest where she needed a third-set tiebreak to beat Watson, third-set 7-5 to beat Kirstea. Uh, she beat Pekovic in straights and then got absolutely clobbered by Vondrasova. That was one of the outrights we had. Remember that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It, it lost, but we got a nice hedge uh, opportunity in there with Allison Van Utvank, I believe. Um, and then outdoors, she's been 500. I mean, she's she's a good young player, but I, I don't know if I'd have her as, as a favorite here. I line this more as like a dead even match as opposed to the 15 cent discre- discrepancy we see. Uh, or 18 cents um, between the two prices here. I'd have it at like uh, minus 110, minus 110, not minus 118 plus 103 as Pinnacle does. So um, there's a tiny bit of value on Kalinskaya. I don't think it's enough to make a play. If, if we were to rate their movement in their court coverage, would you guys have them about even or would you give one woman an edge? I, I'd have them at even, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have it. Yeah, it's like way. at first I was leaning Kalinskaya being a quick, a uh, bit quicker defensively and just able to have court coverage, but Potopova moves deceptively well. Yeah, she, yeah, Potopova's not a bad move at all. Though. Yeah. All right, Sevastova minus 132, Sastovich plus 108. Um, it's a much wider spread than the last couple matches there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> looks about, looks saying, about right to that's me. That's saying something about this this first round, eh? Yeah. It's a great first round. What I mean, think, this is like... I like Sevastova at this price. Sevastovich hasn't played that well this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's short. I think it should be like minus 150 for Sevastova. Yes. This is yes. the one that jumped out as a play to me the most. Mm-hmm. Also because there's less, uh, you know, like the Sakari price actually jumped out to me first, but there's it's just uh, just red flags. I don't see any red flags in this match. It's just like 
a normal tennis match. I think we'll get a good effort from both women, and I think if uh, both of them play their, near their best, Sevastova is just too tricky and consistent. And even though she cries, she can, you know, be mentally tough at times, um, you know, after she wipes the tears. And I just, I think, I think there's a short price there. I like, I'm going to actually be betting this match. I like Sevastova in the first round. What do you think, Jorge? Uh, everything he just said is exactly what I was thinking. That popped out right away to me. Uh, Pinnacle went uh, one seventy nine, a dollar, a buck seventy nine, to a buck ninety one, back to a buck seventy nine, and I'm so mad I missed that. Two hours and eight minutes it was up for uh, per oddsportal.com um, at my at minus one ten. Holy fuck! What I do? I wish I had been on minus one ten. I'll be on it at this number too, but that twelve cents is gonna haunt my yeah. dreams. <laughs> All right, last one we've got odds for here. Yastremska minus 140 against the defending champion, Kasatkina, plus 116 spread. How much are you going to bet how on Kasatkina? How many times is the defending champion an underdog in the first round? Uh, when it's Kasatkina this year? <laughs> 100%. Maybe five tournaments of the 100 we previewed this year. Yeah, that's probably true. Champ as, as, a, as, the, as the underdog. I can't touch it. Uh, Money's come in on her. I'll be rooting for for Kasatkina and but unfortunately I feel like her path to victory is is just Trumpson not playing her best. If they both show up and play their best tennis, you know, I think that it's going to be very tough for for Kasatkina to win. I think that you know, her best chance is going to be catch Yastremska on an off day or try to make her uncomfortable somehow, but uh, I'll be rooting for her but no bet on this match. Anything to add, Jorge? Yes, um I think there's value on Yastremska. By the way, the money has poured in on Kasatkina. Opened at one at plus 142 this morning. Um, eight minutes later, got to plus 144. So a little bit came in on Yastremska early. And so since is this then, just Russian since, money coming in? I don't know. Since then, it's been precipitous, though. Plus 130, plus 127, plus 114. And now it's started to come back a bit to plus 118. But I mean, it's that's still down 24 now cents. That we, have, we have Russian players that are just getting supported in, in ways that we're actually surprised about. As outside yeah. observers, so I'll absolutely take uh, take uh, uh, Yastremska here. Um, I think the the matchup favors her. Is she prone to errors? Can Kasatkina bring it out of these types of players? Yes, um, but if she's going to attack the second serve and not even let Kasatkina get a get a racket to the ball to to set up and become a defensive wall, um, then I think she's going to win a lot of free points on return if she can serve it. Her first serve percentage at half decent rate. I think she's she's going to win a lot of free points. I just think that Yastremska is going to make some errors and give some points away, but she's going to earn uh, a lot more free points um, than than Kasatkina will. I think that's the ultimate difference. This might go three sets. So at minus one thirty five, I chatted with Noops about this actually in a in in a DM conversation. I'm prone, um, as anyone who's followed me knows, I hate juice, uh, even at one at 1.74 or minus 135 i would always take you know sell the the one one and a half games here i think i'm going to take the money line i do think uh it may go three but i just it, it feels like one of those matches that could be um yastrimsa just looks so much better and kazakina ekes out a set so while saying take the favorite but it could go three sets sounds counterintuitive and i i get that i it doesn't seem like it makes any logical sense um I, I think that it's one of those things where I think Yastrzemska could control 85% of the match and the 15% Kasatkina controls are at the right time at like 4-4 four, four in a set. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think Yastrzemska is definitely valued at, at minus 135 here. All right, gentlemen, that wraps everything up. We don't have, again, any lines, unfortunately, for Luxembourg yet. Anything else to add from either of you before we wrap it this week? 
Let's go, Panko. That's right, baby. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod. We would love a rating or a review on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast. We always appreciate your feedback. And like I said, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Good luck in all, all your, your wages. wages. <laughs>